You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 25, The Average Dragon. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that's just rolled out of bed. I am Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. And I'm Raven Perez. And we are back after, whew, feels like two months. But I doubt I it's it, been that long. It just feels that long. Yeah, I think it's been our longest delay, but it's just been a delay between issues of Savage Dragon. Yeah. I mean, Eric's been on a roll pretty much month in and month out, and with this new issue, it's probably, what, it's been about two months or a month and a half between mm, issues? Yeah, I think so. I he says uh, sometimes that what happens is he'll, he'll get going on an idea and then think of something better. And he's like, well, I can't not do the better direction, you know, yeah. just because I wanted to. So, you know, <clears throat> given that, given the feel of the issue, and we'll get into it later, but I don't know if that was the cause of the delay, but I'm super happy. So, yeah, delay away, brother. Uh, it, it's a pretty big issue, so I'm sure there was a lot of thought and kind of... You know, a lot put into this more than the average issue because yeah. of what happens in it. But like you said, we'll talk about it. Oh, yeah. So uh, let's get into the Savage Dragon news. Oh, yeah. Um, first bit of news. Uh, we are Scott James uh, is going to be returning for another backup strip. This time it's going to be Barbaric and Ricochet centric. Um. The cover he, uh, he posted the cover for us a few weeks ago. You can find it and the process he used to create it on the Scott Scott James's uh, blog that you can be that can be found at scottjamesart.blogspot.com or at dragonfan.net. It's a cool cover. I mean, uh, you know, I love Scott's uh, art. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I like his take already on like how barbaric and ricochet look. And who's that villain? Is it Kill Crazy? I don't know. Is that is that a new villain or is that an established villain? I, I, I honestly don't know. Well, I like the look of the villain too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. And he, I don't think it was said what issue of Savage Dragon it was going to be in, so I don't I'm not sure if Pro it's going to be probably in the next couple. Yeah, yeah. Um I I yeah. find it interesting that Barbaric and Ricochet are, you know, getting the spotlight. I mean, I think for a while it's it's kind of been hinted they might be coming back um, to the main story, but it never really mm -hmm. materialized. Right. And then right. with everyone leaving Chicago, it seemed less likely that we'd see them again in a big role. So it's good to see them back in at least in a backup. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe it's going to be just tying up their kind of story and they, maybe they'll be moving on or something. Uh, I don't know, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, as I look at him, I don't think he's a recurring uh, villain. He definitely looks new. Um, but, yeah, I just uh, love everything about the cover. Love what he's got going on with his effects in the sky and 
just uh, I don't know. It's cool to see Barbaric and Ricochet back anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's always really enjoyable to to get a backup that's related to the book. With most of them have been of late, and you know, especially you know some of these major supporting cast members who we haven't seen in a while to to get you know five or six pages is is pretty neat. It's moving right along. So uh, Savage Dragon issue one ninety six is going to feature a Nick Cardi uh, homage cover. Um, which is it's kind of a weird story because Eric had posted this cover, um, which uh, is it's an homage to Action Comics number four twenty five, and uh, Eric posted this before Nick Cardi died, and I don't and it wasn't supposed to be like a tribute after his death or anything like that. I don't, you know, because he he didn't die at the time, but you know he wasn't dead at the time, so right, right. he died on November fourth. Eric probably posted it like two days before, like right. on the third or, you know, the second or third or something like that. Yeah. It was um, really close. Yeah. Yeah. So the original cover, uh, is very close to, to where Eric is drawn, but it's, uh, it de- debuted in July of 1973 and it's kind of cool. I mean, you can see it, uh, on the, the Savage, uh, on Savage Dragon. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, Eric Larson's message board or dragonfan.net. Um, but, uh, it's just like, I guess the story behind it um, is the solicitation copy was just uh, released, and I unfortunately didn't don't have it in front of me. But it says something like it references the danger zone and it being a slum and out of control. So I guess uh, Malcolm's going to be fighting some bad guys in the danger zone, and it's just like a big ghetto. So you know, as a family or group of people on the steps reading a issue of Savage Dragon in the background, it shows Malcolm battling. Uh, some kind of mutant back there, but um, definitely check it out on dragonfan.net. You can uh, you can actually see the original Action Comics uh, issue, which you know of course had Superman in place of uh, of Malcolm Dragon, but um, it's definitely a neat, a neat neat cover. I liked yeah. it. Now now it's actually kind of unusual. Eric doesn't usually do homage covers on Savage Dragon unless he's homaging himself. Yeah, I think he said that was the first time he did it. Right. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah, go ahead, I sorry. did not know. Nick Cardi was one of those guys that I didn't realize uh, I knew so much of his work until after he died. I Googled his name in conjunction with covers. Yeah. And, uh, man, he has done a ton of iconic covers for yes. DC. Like, and you even, probably do know his work. Right, right. Just, it, it, the covers are so amazing. You know, I could look at them all day. There's so many neat concepts and things that he did. So he's a good one to cover, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, I don't really know um, a lot about uh, his work. Uh, I'm probably, like, like you said, I probably am aware of it um, just because he did so much of it. But he, he, he was, what, the primary Superman artist of the 70s or something? He looked like he did just a ton of stuff. I mean, he's done covers for Aquaman, Batman, you know, Superman, Justice League. So he's definitely a DC guy. And uh, like uh, you said, you know, or, or I guess like I was saying earlier, you know, even if you did not know his name, like I did not, I didn't really know his name, but you have seen his covers. You're definitely aware of his work because there's just so much of it. You know, Superman in the dentist chair, yeah, Aquaman on the beach, washed up with a note, you know, pinned to his chest. There's just so many covers he's created that even if you don't know it's him, 
Like, you know his work. So it's just really a, I don't know, kind of a strange coincidence that Eric would cover him at the same time that he passed away. But yeah, it's, I mean, and it's, glad I got the awareness. Now. And he's an artist that, you know, Eric really hasn't talked much about in the past. No. Um, you know, <laughs> and he talks up like uh, Kirby or, you know, a lot of the Marvel guys. And, and it was just weird that, you know, his first homage cover is Nick Cardi. You know, and, uh, it, you know, like I said, I'd never heard him talk about him before. And I really was like you, Raven. I'm not too familiar with the artist. I've heard his name, but I never really, you know, it was, most of his stuff was probably before my time. And I was never really a DC guy to begin with uh, when I first collected comics. Uh, I was more a Marvel guy. So I just, uh, you know, I probably learned more about him, unfortunately, after his death. And, you know, after seeing Eric's cover and looking up his stuff, but. Um, I'll definitely be looking out for more of his stuff now. It's the comic artist uh, curse. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so artist got, in general. <laughs> what do we got for the, the last bit of news? The last bit of news. Uh, the Image Expo returns January 9th to San Francisco. Uh, you can see the uh, official copy uh, from the image.com website states that the uh, Image Comic Expo kicks off in 2014. Uh, it's a unique and intimate experience offering fans unprecedented access to the creators behind their favorite comic books at exclusive autograph sessions and comic-focused programming. Uh, in addition, attendees will be the first to hear about and see new titles and exciting announcements Image Comics has to offer. Uh, no word yet on whether or not Larson will be there, but seeing as how he lives in San Francisco and you know, is one of the Image founders, I'm going to put money on it. Yeah. So, it's a good bet. I think this is like the third one now, and I don't think it's even been a year since the second one. Right. Of course, Maybe it's like... a little bit of a smaller experience than the first one, right? Because the first one was replacing one of the Comic-Cons. Yeah, I'm I... not sure in, in terms of size, like what's yeah. the difference, but... Um, and um, if you remember the last ones, they were really cool because they did, you know, announce a ton of big stuff like uh, Grant Morrison's book and mm-hmm. um, oh, who was the other name? His book blew up, whereas Grant's didn't. Was it mm-hmm. uh, Saga? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Saga. Oh my, yeah. Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah, Brian K. Vaughn's book announced at an Image Expo. So it is cool because they. Uh, hold their big titles back for releasing at these, which I think is kind of awesome. Yeah, uh, it makes me wish I lived in you know San Francisco. I would love to attend one of these things because I pretty much collect mostly Image at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know it seems like a f- good time yeah. and it seems cool to see all these announcements come out. I'm not sure so, I can handle more Image bo- great Image books right now though. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit tapped. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that's a good problem to have, you know? <laughs> yeah. Too much Rather good than, is better than nothing. Yeah, right, exactly. So, so uh, let's move on to our trivia for this uh, this episode. Um, let's go back and talk about last episode's uh, question, um, which uh, you guys uh, – I wasn't around last episode, but you guys uh, – We managed. Managed, yes. We muddled We through. winged it. <laughs> we, were, we were like, it was our first time. Um, the question on the last episode was, um, appearing in over 65 comic book issues, Mako is one of, if not the most popular Savage Dragon villain to date. 
with the exception of the Savage Dragon ongoing series, initial miniseries, collections, or the companion. Name as many titles, including issue numbers, as you can where Mako appeared on the front cover. The person who gets the most right will win. For a bonus point, name the comic title and issue where Mako appeared on the back cover. So that was a bit long-winded. And it was, you know, a bit of a challenge. So I want to thank the the guys that wrote in and actually took us up on our challenge. Um, We had uh, a couple of people write in. Um, The first person was uh, Nicholas Grayson, who wrote, Hello to the hosts of the Savage Fincast. Episode 24's trivia was fun. Here are six covers I found with Mako on them in chronological order. The Max, number 6, from November 93. Freak Force, Volume 1, number 2, January 1994. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 3, from September 94. Star, number 4, from October 95. Freak Force, Volume 2, number 2, from May 97. Freak Force, Volume 2, number 3, from July 97. And because Raven predicted no one would guess the issue with Mako on the back cover, I found three. Vanguard number two has an ad for Freak Force number two. Freak Force volume two number one features Savage Dragon the poster on the back. And Super Patriot America's Fighting Fighting Force from July of 02 had an ad for Savage Dragon 100 where Mako's between Cyberface and Brainy Ape. It would be really cool if the back cover answer isn't actually one of these three. That's what he said. What a plot Actually, I I wasn't thinking in terms of like ads or anything like that. I was thinking of more of like original kind of covers. So uh, that's that's the trouble with some of these trivia. Sometimes (laughs) they they can be taken different ways. But I think he kind of realized that maybe that wouldn't, you know, we weren't talking about that because he said it would be cool if the back cover isn't one of those three. And he was right. Um, That back cover what the one where Mako appears on the back cover of a book was from uh, Big Bruisers uh, number one, which was uh, I don't even know if it went more than one issue. It was an image comic, and we had talked about it in past episodes. It was like um, who was it on there? It was uh, it was um, like um, the guy from Wildcats. Yeah, the big guy. What's his name? Mall. 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 Bad Rock. Maybe was it? Mall. Bad Rock. And I want to say. I don't know. I'm name one of the other big guys. Maybe a Cyber Force guy. Yeah, I think you might be right. So uh, there was that. Nick actually missed uh, image. He got everything um, except for the Image United number three cover F, which I think there were like 60 covers for every Image United. But <laughs> cover F actually had Mako pretty prominent on it, um, which was the one that I think Eric drew. Like most of it with like dragon in the forefront. Um, we also had John Panozzi write in, and uh, he wrote. Um, he actually listed a bunch of Savage Dragon issues. So he said Savage Dragon twenty four, fifty, one twelve, one fifty one, and one ninety. Which he's correct. Mako appeared on the cover, but if you remember, I said you know, discounting Savage Dragon ongoing. So we weren't interested really in in. Mako appearing on the Savage Dragon ongoings. We're more talking about, uh, you know, offshoot books. So uh, 
he had that, and then he had freak the freak forces. Uh, you know, the same thing uh, that we just listed. He had Image United and Teenage Mutant Ninja Charles in the max. So, and uh, the bonus question, he says uh, Mako appears on Twisted Funny's back cover to Savage Dragon one sixty nine, as well as the wraparound cover to the Big Bruisers one shot. I so, can't believe anyone got that big bruiser. Yeah, that was so yeah, obscure. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> awesome. That blows um, my mind. So those are the two guys that rode in. They were both really, really close. Um, I'm going to give the prize, though, to Nick. Um, I guess John kind of – I think he won a couple of episodes ago. So um, – because they're they both you know neither one got them all and they were both so close. I'm just gonna give it to Nick. He hasn't won anything yet. He I know he's written in a, a bunch of times and so has John. Um, but there you go. I hope John doesn't get mad and stop listening to us. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, Nick Grayson's gonna win his choice of either the Digest version of Savage Dragon 190 or the Flying Colors comic store variant of Savage Dragon 165. So Nick. Get in contact with us um, and let us know which issue, uh, which uh, prize you want. You can reach us at savagefincast at gmail.com. And thanks for writing in. Uh, we appreciate you guys playing along with us, and it's always fun to get some participation. Um, Plus, it always blows my mind. Yeah, the the skill. You know, I, yeah, just, I didn't yeah. I didn't see anybody really doing it. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they got it. Um, and, you know, it's funny, uh, Gavin didn't write in this time, so we missed you, Gavin. I know you're not going to, you know, you're disqualified for for being... Uh, for life. For being Eric Slacky, but, you know, it's still fun <laughs> to hear you call in, so... Slacky, um, said. More, more, of, more of a flunky. <laughs> um, hey, you once I should roll these guys for you, Eric? All right. <laughs> hey, give me your money, kid. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about this episode's question. Um, since we're talking about um, death in this issue, uh, or we will be talking about death in this issue, uh, I made this uh, question kind of a death-centric question. Um, in, like in which issue, the question is, in which issue of Savage Dragon did Dragon discover the corpse of Terry Fitzgerald? And for those who may not know, um, Terry was Al Simmons, a.k.a. Spawn's former best friend. So it was kind of a random thing where, where Dragon kind of comes across uh, the corpse of Terry Fitzgerald in an issue of Savage Dragon, um, where Spawn didn't even appear in, but um, it did happen. So if you guys know the issue, uh, send your responses to savagefincast at gmail.com, and we will... Uh, Read your answers on the next episode, and you, uh, one winner will be chosen to win, um, of the correct entries, will be chosen <laughs> to win uh, G-Man Cape Crisis Trade Paperback by Chris Giarusso, nice. which features, uh, if you remember, um, the backup in Savage Dragon 150 where, where Savage Dragon and, and G-Man actually team up, and Eric actually drew the, the Savage Dragon within the G-Man strip. That's uh that's featured in this this trade collection, um, but it's a pretty nice collection. G Man's a fun read, and uh, Dragon appears in it, and it could be yours if you uh, correctly guess uh, the the trivia question this week. So sweet. Everyone, write in savagefincast at gmail.com. We will sing your praises. 
Now let's talk about the meat of this episode, what we're all here for. The moment we've all been waiting for. It's a good issue! Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Savage Dragon 192. End of an era. Pretty much the saddest electrocution-based death of a hero I've ever read. <laughs> Not a lot of people have the balls to electrocute their main character to death. Sin City? Is that the only other comic? You know, I don't know. I, I that's do the only comic know. that comes to mind. I'm going to say so. Saddest electrocu- electric chair death since Marv. I like the cover. You know, everyone was looking at it and was like, well, how's that thing going to fit over uh, Dragon's Fin? <laughs> and the, the electric chair uh, helmet. It's a, it's, was, it's a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. And the answers are in the issue. Well, <laughs> it is a, I, I do like the cover with the shadowing and stuff like that. It's pretty neat. It's pretty dramatic. It is. It's a good, like, you know, just stark, morbid. And I like that the color experiments have kind of crept onto the covers, too. Yeah. Got a really, like, limited palette here, but, you know. It's very you know, drab. It's it's cool, though. It's It's very moody. It's the end. It sets the tone. But before we get to the that, the the, the issue opens up with a bang. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. We've it's been the uh, showdown. Yeah, I mean we've been waiting a while to see this. It seems like for the you know past bunch of issues, you know, Dart's been going around taking out these vicious circle characters left and right, trying to get to the head. You know, who is firepower at this point and, and take over the vicious circle. So now we're finally here. It's almost like a video game. She's taken out all the, the sub bosses and now she's up at the top of the tower facing the, <laughs> the, the main guy. Top of the Sears Tower, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what it is. Or it's got a different name now, but I didn't know it was based on an actual building. Yeah, so I, that's I, an actual building. I, I think it's based but, off of I think the Sears, Sears Tower, Tower looks a little different. I, I know Overlord back in the 20s was in the Sears Tower. I don't know. Maybe this has been rebuilt different after the whole uh, Savage World thing. But um, it's definitely a pretty tall skyscraper. And oh, it's not, I don't even think it's called the Sears Tower anymore. No, it's called Willis Tower now. Yeah, but no one ever calls it somebody. that. <laughs> I just like a firepower. He actually, I didn't have much of an opinion on the guy, but he kind of does come off as a badass here. I dig his design and i'm glad he has at least a couple of pages of showing off a little bit i yeah i've always liked his design since he first appeared you know what 20 years ago whatever it was <laughs> now um but i feel like he's too close to an overlord type yeah, guy yeah that is kind of the thing he's got the the mask and the you can see his teeth and his eyes through his mask and he just on. comes across like the, I don't know. Maybe he's just kind of any bad guy comes across like that, but he just kind of comes across the same like same kind of personality. I don't know. He just, just basically be- utterly shuts her down with disrespect. You know. I'm glad someone range. finally just knocked the sword out of her hand. <laughs> yeah, you know what the, the cool thing is. I mean, she comes after him with a sword, and and for I don't know since we've seen her since she got that sword I don't know what what issue was that way back when yeah. when she got the god sword she, that's the only weapon she's really used I mean her name's Dart but she just goes around with a you know a sword and uh so it was cool to see her like right away get the sword knocked out of her hand and then resort to her darts to defeat 
you know, the guy she's, you know, been trying to defeat forever, you know, this, the head of the vicious circle and, and her darts were the things that did it. You know what I mean? Right. I just want to say it is glorious, glorious that she cuts down his blast with the sword, like cuts the blast in half. Yeah. Right. Just slices it. That's fantastic. That it was a cool <laughs> spread, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely like something I haven't seen before in Savage Dragon. I don't know why I didn't realize, though, that she was, like, he set up the, so hard with the, like, oh, you're too short range, and then she uses darts to beat him, and I'm like, oh, my God, why didn't I think of that? Like, that's so obvious. Yeah, it's like, he's just, you know, her name's Dart, you know? Yeah. It's like, everyone forgot that her, you know, her skills are she can throw darts with extreme accuracy, and, like, you've seen her darts here, they ha- they're they exploding darts, you know, which is always cool, because I think it's kind of dumb just to, like, hurt people with just little pointy darts, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, exploding darts actually make so much more sense. Yeah, and it's a pretty badass conclusion to this fight. Yeah, yeah. It makes dart. What it does is it kind of makes like, if you had any doubts that dart is like a total badass. I mean, she's, she's definitely dangerous. Yeah, long distance, short range. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just like this badass ninja. So. So what do we who, do we who do we see in terms of vicious circle in this? We see assassin and, and brawn, roughneck, uh, samurai, and we see rogue warrior again. I know yes, that will, rogue warrior. Yeah, I know a lot of Savage Dragon fans are big, you know, big fans of the rogue warrior character who's been such a badass in the series that it's good to see him kind of lingering around. So hopefully we get to see him in action. Um, I was like, is it roughneck? Yeah, yeah the, roughneck's one with the, the bolts. Yeah. I always like Roughneck. Yeah, he's, he's got a, a good design. Next to Mako, he's like my second favorite, like Vicious Circle guy visually. I mean, in terms of repeating characters, there's not many left that you know from the Vicious Circle that you know Bronze shown here. Roughneck, I don't know who's left. I mean, Mako's dead. Bloop and uh, the other guy changed back to humans. Animal and Bloop. Um, Low blows dead, right? Yep. Brainiac's dead. Brainiac's dead. dead. But ugly. Yeah, there's there's not many of those kind of familiar baddies left, you know. And I think it's probably being done on purpose, but. Oh yeah. Um, I just love that. Like Dart has some plan. We don't know what the hell it is, but things are just trucking right along. <laughs> it's, it's just it's Dart. Is completely certifiable, so you gotta wonder if her, what her plan really is or what her goals are. So, so after she defeats Firepower, that that last panel on the page when she's talking to like the, the handful of Vicious Circle members, she says, "You know, I'll expect your full cooperation. There's much to be done. The next phase of our plan starts now." Yeah. Now, what does that mean by R? You can take that a, a couple of different ways. She's saying, like, she's saying, all right, the next plan of the vicious circle under her starts now, or is there like people behind her? I, I wanted the the way I read it is that these guys out in the hallway basically mm-hmm. let her through. Okay. So they had already they like literally joined her just before she walked in to kill Firepower. Oh, okay. So or, the, these guys all kind of just didn't do anything because they were already in her back pocket. Well, yeah, or, or basically they just, just have just seen her destroy everybody else, and they just said, yeah. okay, we're that's, done. That's have what I'm thinking, because she just says, I'll expect your full cooperation. Yeah. So. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. 
But I didn't know if there's like some organization behind her, the way she says the next phase of our plan starts now. But I mean, I could be taken a bunch of different ways. Probably just saying, you know, now yeah, they're. I think she means vicious circle. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My plans are now your plans. Right, right, right. That's the way I felt, but we'll see. Yeah, maybe yeah. she's just crazy. Maybe there's a voices in her head. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely crazy. We know that. You gotta and you gotta wonder if she said I have one more person left to kill and I'll have no one to fear in a previous issue. Is that one more person firepower? I'm pretty sure it was firepower. Right. Yeah, I think could so. Could be Daredevil. I mean she's she's killed him and now, you know, pretty much I don't think she's gonna have any opposition from anyone else in the vicious circle. Oh no. So I think she's proved herself at this point. Those guys fold like a house of cards under anybody that's awesome <laughs> anyway. And if you come along and you're great, they're just at your whim. Well, it's yeah. pirate rules. If you kill the boss, you're the boss. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I would take that up in normal workplaces. <laughs> I could take my boss right now. I know I could. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. <laughs> so we see Cecil, and uh, he's begging Dragon not to go. He's He's like, you know... You could get out of this, and Dragon's like, ah, you know, whatever. It's kind of a hilarious moment where Dragon's just sort of like, you know, asking the uh, guys that are killing him to move it up so that he can uh, get away from Cecil. Yeah, so they're just walking him to the electric chair, and he's just, you know, he's fine with it. Well, Cecil here is like the voice of the fan saying, Dragon, no, don't let it happen. Just just bust through a wall, and Dragon's all like, no, that doesn't work. (laughs) Sorry, guys. They put that contraption on his head. He looks like Light Ray from the New Gods or something like that. <laughs> yeah, actually, I kind of did get that impression. I I want to say there was there's a um, there's a God Town God that wears a similar headdress. Mm-hmm. Maybe the maybe the skiing one. Yeah. Oh yeah, I feel like you're right. It does answer the question though. How do you electrocute a guy with a fin? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you immediately well, that's the thing. You put it on, and you kind of wonder what's going on because, um, of course, the design looks a little bit, you know, godlike or alien. techy yeah. And you go, but wait a minute. If, I mean, he's superhuman. Maybe they've got special superhuman electrocution gear. Right. That's what I took it as. Hey, eh? he's got a fin on his head, so they've just developed some kind of super gear to fry him. That's how I took it too. And then you get that splash page, and I swear this is kind of an homage to something I've seen before, but I can't put my finger on it. I could be wrong, but I feel like I've seen this done somewhere before. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I kinda, it's awesome. Well, Kirby dots are awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It kind of reminded me of when uh, Dark Lord hit him with eye beams. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like I've seen this before somewhere, but I, again, you know, could be wrong. But it does look cool as as hell. Just dragon getting toasted. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I mean, he's just getting juiced. It's he's definitely great. conveying some pain in that one. Yeah, it, it was sort of a punch in the gut too. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, like no one came and saved him or teleported him out of there. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're expecting, and you're like, oh, man, you know, there's got to be... Like you said, Jim, you know, like the fans, you don't really want to see Dragon get electrocuted, but then you flip the... It's a bam! Yeah, and he's just... His body's just smoking, and everyone's looking at him. And then you get to the page where he's like, all right, 
you know, they take him out of the chair and he's still alive. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I was instantly like, Bah? Yeah, Whoa? right. <laughs> I gotta like, say, I gotta say, I did not see this coming as an option. They say, can we get a medic? And I'm instantly like, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't see this coming at all. I don't know. I don't know. Why. At first, I thought it was like a fake out, like they were doing it for the cameras or something. But what really happened was definitely a twist. It, it just it it's, it still amazes me that you know we speculate amongst ourselves and we come up with ideas and stuff, and Eric still manages to surprise us. Yeah, that's all why right. he writes the book, I guess. I didn't see this coming at all. <laughs> so why don't we basically talk about it then? So I I guess. Lorella is is there. She kind of comes out of the shadows or whatever, or she wasn't in the shadows. I guess she was just watching all along with everybody else. But apparently, everyone's in on it except for Cecil Parasol. That <laughs> dragon's a dick. Yeah, <laughs> I know. There's no reason other than I guess more for exposition to to I don't know maybe he's used to to as a character so that dragon can explain the whole process, which kind of makes sense so that the reader understands. They um, also did it to fuck with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like Dragon. Just, just fuck with the guy. Yeah. Let's bring, yeah. Let's bring this guy in here and let him watch me fry. <laughs> so basically, Lorella says that you know ever since they jettisoned you know uh, crawled on Earth twenty years ago that the scientist the Krylon scientists were you know developing some kind of technology to. I guess depower the chosen one. So if they ever had another tyrant like her, they could depower him. So I guess I don't know. She's had the blueprints to this stuff, and she's carried it on with her all around. I don't know. There is a little bit of a disconnect there because all the ship got blown up, and she didn't seem to come with much when she arrived by teleporting. But but you don't know what their technology is. I mean, she might have a little microchip that holds you know their whole history Um, of her race i mean their technology is pretty far civil you know pretty far advanced compared to earth uh, i'm gonna give it a pass and here's why if um her whole mission was to get to him for repopulation mm-hmm. if that's her mission jettison from that ship or not to get away from virus that's going to be something she wants to take with her in whatever form it takes right so that she can continue her mission to repopulate their species yeah yeah that so would have been I mean, I know you can't explain everything, but it would have been nice for her to be like holding up a little microchip saying, you know, all this information of our race or everything is stored on this, you know, yeah, disc or something like this. I don't know. Just a little more explanation of like how they were able to kind of put this, you know, depowering device together. But anyway, I I, uh, I get it. I also love the fact, and it's again, it's funny the things that you just don't think about. But Dragon mentions the fact that Chosen Ones only really, like, give birth to males. And I don't know why I never noticed it. There's been several, like, Dragon Sons in this book at this point. Three? Three. And they're all guys. And so it's funny because it just was a little factoid that right over my head. And yet it makes perfect sense that, again, that's something they want to do away with for repopulation needs. So basically that device depowers him from his Chosen One well, it seems to be. Skills. I don't know. It's a little. It's a little weird. I mean, it, they make they make an effort to explain it, but it's a little odd that this device goes further than what Negate did that one time. 
Yeah. It's like it goes beyond when when he got negated, he lost his healing factor and I want to say his super aim. Yeah. Maybe not. But it didn't he make He still him... had his physique. He was still yeah. super strong. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the rules are here. I don't really I, I think none of us really understand what the whole chosen one thing is about either. Is it just a mutation or is it a superpower that's passed on? Right. You know, and like you said, negate, you know, took away everything, but he still had his strength. He just didn't have his like healing power and you know, whatever, but um yeah, I don't understand the rules, you know, I why. I want to say this is what my thought on it was was that the reason he lost his physique here was that and I don't remember when negate took his powers away, but I want to say that I feel like the only reason he looked the way he did at his age was because of Chosen One, like, boosted metabolism and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So since he lost that, you know, he basically was taken down to, like, a size that his body could naturally manage anyway. Right. Yeah. That was what I was thinking. But you're left to think that stuff on your own. Yeah. I mean, if I remember correctly, the thing, the thing with negation is it can only remove artificially added after-the-fact powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- yeah. Yeah. So, so natural abilities are still retained. Like if you're an alien or a god, mm-hmm. whatever your natural abilities are is retained. I don't know. This, it, it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's almost. I'm, it, it's just kind of a weird conceit in this yeah. particular case. Well, I'm hoping that you know maybe Eric eventually will will kind of enlighten us more in the book about the chosen one abilities and stuff like that. Because right. I mean, Malcolm's still is basically a chosen one. Yes. Um, As are his brothers. Probably still Barry. I mean, Krull's dead. But it's still a real mystery in the book. It's ne- it's never really been explained. We just kind of just take it as is. Apparently it makes you super buff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I mean, he's just a superhero among the Krylons, you know, like the only, you know, superhero. How, how weird looking is regular proportion dragon? I don't like it. Yeah, it's weird I hate looking it. at him. When he hugs Malcolm, it's just so strange. He looks just tiny. Like, yeah. It looks like, I mean, is was Malcolm always taller than Dragon? Man, I like, don't know. I saw that and I could not remember. Yeah, I wonder what, what Malcolm's height is now. Like, I mean, Dragon's relatively, in terms of superheroes, he's kind of a short dude. He's like, right. what, 5'10 or something? Yeah, his like fin that. makes up for it. But yeah, he's generally shorter than most superheroes. He's like an average like size person who's five, you know, 5'10. Most superheroes tower over him. And I think that's a problem a lot of artists get wrong when they do draw a Savage Dragon. They, they draw him like a giant, and he's really only like 5'10. Um, so I wonder if Eric with Malcolm is just going to make him a taller guy, like a six foot guy, because he is, you know, his mom's, you know, uh, Sharona Jackson. I don't know if her family was tall or whatever, but I want to say she was taller than dragon or at yeah, least her, her yeah. head is I higher than she his was. head. Yeah. I feel she like she was giant poof thing going on or whatever. <laughs> the skunk patch. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if, uh, you know, Mal- it looks like Malcolm is taller than dragon. But I wonder if the dragon just shrunk even more. I don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, tiny. that's possible, too. There's, there's also that inches. that panel where he's hugging, like, Angel, and his arms just look just tiny. Like, it looks like me or something. Well, that's the point. <laughs> he, 
He's just like us now. Yeah, I don't like it. It was a really good panel, though. It was a great way to illustrate, um, you know, the difference now versus how he was. Because even when he's pulled out of the electric chair, it's not super evident. Yeah. But when he's hugging his kids goodbye, it's super obvious. The cop's walking him out, and he's just like the same size. He's just a normal proportion dude. I don't like it at all. You shrink as you grow older. I I I, I think I love it. I yeah. think it's a weird adjustment, but I think it's it's really a, an important thing to establish that Dragon, his physiology is so fundamentally changed at this point. Mm-hmm. Now there's there's basically no question that he's been taken off the table as a superhero. So he's still on death row. You know they yes. talk about he's still in the appeal process. I know you know we've had FinCast before. We've interviewed Eric, and he's also said this in other uh, uh, interviews where. You know, Savage Dragon's going into its like Batman Beyond phase where where Malcolm will have a mentor in the shadows. Do you think that's gonna be Dragon? His mentor? Oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's gotta be. I mean, I mean, well, I say it's gotta be. It could be anything, but yeah. I mean, if Malcolm needs advice, he just goes talk on the phone through the glass and or what have you. Mm-hmm. And it does, Dragon yeah. can coach him. Right, right, right. How do you feel about? this uh you know dragon still being alive i mean in the long run you after reading this issue i guess maybe this might be something to talk about at the end but seeing that we're just on this you know these pages where we know that dragon's gonna live are you uh are you upset about the outcome did you feel like this was a good twist i think it's a good happy i'm content with it i mean i think like i like i've said before i think dragon's dead has been done like two or three times. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a much better solution to remove him from the table, but also keep him in the book. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it strikes a better balance than just killing him mm-hmm. again. I'm just not Plus, sure if I like, you know, just regular dragon to be in the book. I'm still on the fence. I, I think maybe it's too shocking of what happened, but I feel like without his strength and everything, I mean, what is, what is what is he? He's just kind of like a regular guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you know he'll be able to help Malcolm and give him advice and stuff like that. But you know, I it's hard for me to just see it's, like a regular dragon like with no powers. There's still a lot of uh, normal characters in this book that kick ass. Like um, if you remember, uh, anybody with power gloves, you know, can kick ass. Like Alex, you know. Yeah. She yeah. put on the power gloves and beat someone down much stronger than her. And there's other characters that are like, you know, Star or whatever, that are normal guys that are still pretty kick-ass. So just because Dragon is a normal guy doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you know, he's going to just slide on downhill into suckitude. Yeah. Um, I'm I don't okay know. I thought Angel it... seems to think he's uh, in, in, uh, an old man with nothing to <laughs> nothing to give. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think is funny. Here's this is kind of slightly jumping ahead because there's a scene here with uh, Cecil and um, oh, what's her name, Maxine? No, not Maxine, idiot. Um, yeah, I forget her name. Gertrude, uh, Gertie. Was it Gertie? No, that was the other woman. I would have appreciated a name drop at this point too. I know she, that. We, I oh, know it's Helen. It's Helen Black. That's who it is. There we go. Helen Black. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he goes. I'll do it, Helen. There you go. Yeah, so yeah. there's a little bit of a name drop. Okay. But yeah. That, Basically, uh, Cecil here is pretty bummed that Dragon has rejected him, which can't possibly end well 
for someone who's so obsessed. Yeah. Dragon's probably going to wish he didn't blow him off later. This this page is awesome, though, because the whole dropping the name of the Brotherhood of the Finn, which, you know, for a listener, if you haven't been reading Dragon for a long time, that was a whole group of fanboys, you know, in the earlier years of Dragon, which got together and had, like, kind of a, a, a website and got together at comic conventions and stuff, and they called themselves Brother Brotherhood of the Finn. Uh, I remember them when I was in dra- into Dragon. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Gavin considered himself a member of the Brotherhood of the Finn. There's a whole bunch of guys that that really were big fans of Savage Dragon, and that's what they called themselves. So it's kind of a neat little tip of the hat to them. Um, that is freaking awesome. Is yeah, what that is. yeah. <laughs> I'd like to at some point on the Fincast is get a, a you know a nice group of them. You know, maybe four of those guys together to do like a group interview and just see where they are now, who's collecting and who's not and what they think of the new direction. I think oh, that would be, be cool. Yeah. I love yeah. that that was dropped in there and it just fits in in such a uh, natural way. Cause when I read that, I was like, Oh, that makes nothing but sense. Yeah. I wasn't into dragon at the time. The brotherhood of the Finn was uh, a thing, but uh, I was aware of them. And uh, it was funny to see the name drop. I wonder if the name will stick or if it was just a gag. You know, to go back a little bit, I'm just thinking while we were talking, how did they test that technology to make sure that, you know, the chosen one would be depowered? Uh, <laughs> we won't talk about that. But. <laughs> well, there was another chosen one, his son. So you got to think that they probably had genetic material at that point to play with. I'm going to go. give it a pass. There I'm going to go. give it a pass. I mean, they had his son. Remember, they catch his, they caught his, uh, they caught his DNA so that they could have another chosen one, which was his son. Right. And then they let him go, but they were like, you know, they didn't abandon the idea of a chosen one. They still had one. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a pass. I'm gonna say they had the whole, his son's whole growing up process to test his genetic material and see what they could do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So now here's the other thing. A couple of things on that. Now, so many questions. Now <laughs> that you know, if if Dragon Lorella start to make a new race, are they gonna need to integrate Malcolm into that so they can get a new chosen one? I don't know. All Eventually. I know is it's tough to repopulate a species with only two people. Yeah, and yeah, well, you know, to similar to humans. Maybe there's more somewhere. I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, they can crossbreed with humans. That's been established, but it's pretty clear that Lorella doesn't want that, or else she wouldn't go through this whole rigmarole. Yeah. And then the other thing is, now that that we've seen this piece of technology, we know it's out there, and you know, it's still there's a possibility now that that could be used against Malcolm by like oh, a yeah. villain or something. I was actually like going to bring that up, and then I forgot. It, it does seem like a new, um, uh, I want to say MacGuffin. Um, Mm-hmm. New toy to play with. Yeah, new 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 threat, new toy. Well, because previously, like negate was the closest thing anybody had to you know robbing dragon of his powers, and that didn't work. Right. So it is an awesome you know thing to introduce into the series that you know if you have the right technology, you really can take away a lot of what makes the hero in this book the hero. So it's interesting. It's like kryptonite permanent. 
Do you guys yeah, do you guys feel like this technology though is another kind of like what like what do you call it like a do sex machina like it's a tad I mean in the sense that it just kind of comes out of nowhere and it solves a problem right and we may or may not ever see it again I'm a little um, bummed by that in a way that but I think, you know, it's, I think it's, it's I always, a conve- it's a convenience in some respects yeah I mean I always like when there's like some kind of something happens and it's just something was around yeah but you didn't see it happening i sometimes i get disappointed when it's just like all right well there's this martian shrinking ray so we'll use this you know and this is what happened you know it's some (laughs) kind of like super technology you know and it's like you would have never been able to guess it because you know you didn't know it existed in this you would have liked some foreshadowing yeah this had some this one had a little foreshadowing i mean laurel has been trying to get back to earth for a while now and she clearly had a plan right um, so I think it's a little less of an out of left field. Yeah, yeah. It it what, what I mean I think there's some hand waving going on about the difference between being negated and being the power of the chosen one being removed. I think we've already seen dragon negated and it didn't have these effects, so it's a little bit odd that in this case it does. There there might be a good reason though. I don't there, know. There probably is. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like negate was more of a, a dosex mechan on this than like like it makes sense to me for Lorella to have this ability only because they have had twenty years to figure this out. Right. Yeah. And Kerr was such a problem in their lives that, you know, they would have sat around and figured out a way to counter that from ever happening again. Right. So it makes a lot of sense to me. I'm not gonna say that it isn't kinda like, ooh, magic. But it's the same because, you know, high science, you know, magic, same thing. Yeah. But it is also, to me, pretty logical. I think there's just a lot of, like, makes sense to me about it, given that, you know, like I said, it's not just some strange weirdo that stepped out of the shadows and did this. This is someone who, out of anybody in the book, would probably have the best shot at understanding his physiology, how to remove his powers, etc. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I li- see. I like how like this this next scene where it's uh, Malcolm and Angel kind of eating in a food court, um, and they're talking about you know Dragon and basically they kind of just cement that you know Dragon's for the reader that Dragon's not really going to come back. I mean they talk about you know Angel's like well they can just give him another blood blood transfusion and he'll be back to you know Savage Dragon because uh, we all know that you know the Hillman Hospital you know storing his blood and stuff like that but now. That he's completely human, you know, he'll probably or explode. Non-chosen one. Or Krylon, yeah. Right. Normal Krylon. Ba- baseline Krylon. It, you know, blood transfusion will, you know, kill him. Uh, but, and then, you know, they talk about, oh, he could just be like Batman, kind of like what you were saying, Raven. He could just wear, like, equipment or superpower gloves or something like that. And then they're like, well, he's basically 50 years old and, <laughs> you know, he's he's not a young buck anymore so I, I gotta say this this scene illustrates a question that i continue to have every time these sort of conversations t- tend to come up and when angel and malcolm like name drop uh, established superheroes mm-hmm. i mean remember dragon met superman once <laughs> so presumably batman exists but is batman in this context a a superhero or a comic book character and seems if he's a like super- a comic character and if he's a superhero how do they know about his cave and his butler <laughs> yeah i think he's they're just talking to about him as a comic book character it's, it's just it's just funny to me because the, 
I don't know. It's just it, it, the, the book often establishes that there are other superheroes yeah, out there. Yeah, well, he teamed other... up. Yeah, he teamed up with Superman, and Angel had Superman's cape at one point. So right, and and you presume there's you know Batman's out there too, but they talk about them like I mean I think they've mentioned Spider-Man before like, as as a comic book con um, yeah. comic book character before it's just, it's just it's just funny to me that it seems to like go back and forth between, oh definitely are these characters are talking about fiction or are they real definitely definitely um and we 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 uh we get a couple of easter eggs in this we got a boom pow taco stand and uh john day is in the background as well yep five guys and wendy's is that wendy's i didn't even think about that yeah i, I guess think five, i see five five guys wendy's boom pow tacos Boom Pal Tacos right there. Anyway. Rolling right along. But this, but this scene is another one where basically they're telling the audience that Dragon's probably not going to be active anymore. But I don't know. It seems like a little bit early to make that decision. I mean, yeah, he's older and yeah, he's in prison and it's unlikely he's going to have an opportunity. Right. But he probably can still kick ass if he needs to. You yeah. know, in prison, he had the grizzled old bastard, you know, awesome grizzled old guy thing going on. Mm-hmm. I think he's still, there's still room for him to be, you know, there's still room for him to be a good character. It is like, uh, I realize that it might be disappointing for somebody that doesn't want to see him, like, not super or whatever. But, I mean, you know, the K has, the guy's had almost everything happen to him. This is just it's strange because this is like a new direction when really I couldn't really think of too many new directions for the guy to go. Right. So if he is actually just adapts to being a normal guy and still kicks ass, that's kind of new for the character, even though he's been in all these bizarre, you know, he's been shrunk. He's been he possessed another guy's body, you know, just dragon has had so much stuff happen to him that, you know, I think he'll be okay. I think it's going to stay interesting. Now he must face his greatest challenge yet. Regular life. (laughs) (laughs) Wheat bran. Snaps. I love this double page spread. Yeah, so we're coming to this new new villain, which uh, I guess happens to be Brenda Funk in her, you know, we've seen, (laughs) was it last episode, uh, last issue? It was was two or three issues ago. She had like an epilogue. Where she met some shaman guy and he I guess he changed her into this sludge monster what slag is that what they call him yeah it looks like yeah. a raw deal yeah that's what happens when you make deals with guys that live under mountains with, with skulls skull heads. Or masks, <laughs> skull masks it I just wanna, rarely ends well for your uh for your appearance i just want to give a shout out to a uh maybe yeah, a different kind of easter egg on the billboard just above <laughs> malcolm's foot where you see a slightly higher uh, higher quality image, perhaps, than what you might think. That's actually the flatter Michael Torres. So, do you know the story behind that? I don't know the story. Well, how did you uh, know I, it's him? Because I see his face on DeviantArt. That's his. That's his uh, avatar. Oh, oh really? Oh, we got another trivia for uh, art that isn't Erickson or Savage Dragon issue. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that is his rendition of himself. That's hilarious. So, I wonder if he just put it in there because there was nothing there and then Eric kept it or something. I don't know. They were just like, yeah, don't worry about it. Leave it in. Now, it's funny because, uh, you know, the flatter doesn't get a lot of uh, respect in most books and a lot of uh, in, you know, circles. That's a jerk work. Although I will just say that flatting is soul crushing, very hard work. 
Yeah. Uh, if, if you don't know what I mean when I say flatting, just for the listeners, um, it's just when you computer color stuff, you've got to lay out flat colors first before you do any kind of gradients or shading or anything. And so it's a lot of just color inside the lines. Lasso tool forever. Yeah, oh, it's 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 so terrible. I hate it. And uh, this, uh, a lot, especially in the new direction that the book's taken with coloring, where a lot of the times the flats just stay. You know, he puts his flats on DeviantArt and then shows you the finished page side by side. And, you know, he's probably doing more work than a normal flatter does. So it's kind of cool just to get his uh, you know little Easter egg, his face on the billboard there. Just it's like it's like it's like in a in a kitchen. The sous chefs do all the work, then the chef comes in and reorganizes it at the end and calls it his. <laughs> well, not to take anything away from anyone, but because certainly the finishing job is also full of challenges and hard work too. It's just as far as not fun goes, flatting is not fun. <laughs> so it's it's just a cool Easter egg, probably. I don't know. Just something most people wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. The minute I saw it, well, I knew I, his I, face. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely knew it was in Eric's art. It looked different. I'm just like, what the heck is this? Like, what's the story behind this? <laughs> so that's him. That's who he is. It's uh, Michael Torres, the flatter. <laughs> <laughs> so this battle with Slag doesn't really last. You know, I mean, it's a couple of pages that she's beating the crap out of Malcolm, just basically blaming him for uh, Spoon, her boyfriend's death way back during the invasion arc and uh you know malcolm's trying to talk her down and <laughs> angel comes up from behind with like a telephone uh and a light posts and uh just smacks her you know blows her apart i mean she's basically just like this muddy goop i guess you know she's just, drippy yeah. yeah and just hits her and she just explodes into like a bunch of droplets of of slop. slag yeah <laughs> slag, slag. <laughs> This does sort of illustrate the differences between Malcolm and Angel's methods, and to, I, I and I dig it a lot because I like how aggressive Angel is. Yeah, but you know, I mean, Malcolm killed a lot of people up. too. Like not a lot, but a few people. But I, I again, I, I don't think it's because he meant to. He just didn't know his own powers or something. But you know, for a change, he's not killing somebody on accident either. <laughs> I don't know. I think. Well, remember, remember a couple of issues ago when he had a talk with his dad, and his dad said that. You know, mind your actions because they matter. I think yeah. maybe that might be having an effect on his methods. Yeah. He doesn't want yeah. to electrocute people's heads anymore by accident. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that, we've... That doesn't read well in the press. I don't think we've seen the last of Slag, though, because if you look on a few panels where they're talking, yeah. the forefront are those little beads of Slag material. So I'm yeah, guessing they're going to reform and come back. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's pulling a little liquid metal Terminator action. Yeah, definitely. And then, then we move on to a scene where Dragon's actually in, you know, regular kind of uh, regular human ordinary prison. prison, and it's kind of cool because he's beating the crap out of dudes and basically kind of telling them, yeah, just because I'm depowered doesn't mean I'm, you know, not a tough guy. You know, I've still got all this fighting experience from the yeah. past twenty years. So, well, you think you're gonna take me out? Think again. Yeah, I mean. It makes some sense, but I don't. It's hard to tell how much time has passed since he got depowered. But I kind of wish there was a little bit more emphasis on. Um, I mean, the guy's been super strong his entire life, and he's had super aim his entire life, and now all it's gone, and yet he still seems pretty coordinated. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like he should struggle a little bit more with being so completely 
depowered? I don't know. I, I It might be a little bit of like a shorthand in the story of Eric just wanting to prove that, you know, just because Dragon's depowered, he's still going to be a badass in this book. You know, he's not going to get shanked in the, he's in the not, big house. He's not, he's not a weakling, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's still like a peak, uh, peak human or something like that, you know? Yeah. And in comics, that goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah. It's like Dart. She's kind of she's a human. She's a you know she's the head of the vicious circle. So yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Is in this book there are a lot of normal humans who yeah. kick huge yeah. amounts of ass. Yeah. So I can I can give it to Dragon that he'd probably still be tougher than you know Joe Blow that's been in prison and probably doesn't get a lot of fighting time. Right. True. So uh, so that so wraps up the issue. Yeah, it's pretty great. I enjoyed well, I it a lot. I should say the main story of the issue. Right. Um, and we get a a cool little backup. Uh... Well, before we go into that, okay. I mean, are you guys? Well, I mean, next next issue is going to be a big, bold new direction. What are you guys hoping to see out of that? Hey, well, we know. Here's what we know. We know he's supposed to move, get a new apartment, uh, go to a new school. You know, so we know that there's a lot of change for him anyway. That stuff right. we can figure is going to happen because he didn't move in this issue. Right. So you figure he's there's going to be something happen to make him move. So could be a big disaster happens because right now he's living with Frank's family, right? Right. That's not working out. Yeah. Awkward. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be anything major. I think it's just going to be established that he just can't take it with the baby and you know, Tiara there. I think he's just going to move because of that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think they're just, I don't know if there's going to be anything huge to set it off other than, okay, dragon's kind of out of the picture. Now angels back in DC start establishing Malcolm as, you know, a solo character stick around. No, I think she's going to be back in DC. Yeah. She hopped a cab this issue. So yeah. 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 (laughs) She's out. Um, what were they gonna say? Um, oh yeah, I I I am curious how much more of I mean, Dragon probably won't have a lot. You know, he probably won't be, you know, in the book a lot going forward. Um, I am curious if Lorella will have a larger role. She yeah. could be a mentor too. Yeah, I'm kind of you know I kind of want to see her like adapting to human life. I think there's a story in that somewhere. Yeah, I mean, be a he's, good character. Eric's got to do something with her. I mean, it's established she's here, so yeah, she's not gonna like. She's got no means sit to around leave waiting the planet. for Dragon. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird, you know. I, who's who's to say? I don't. I don't really know where he's gonna go with that. Um, I I, th- I think you're gonna have these scenes where kind of Malcolm goes to visit his dad and they're talking on the phone and for advice, but I think they'll be limited. You ask what I want. You know what I would like? I would like to see it treated like an issue one. Yeah. Origin story kind of style where any new reader could pick it up and just move on. I think he's got to do something like that, some kind of recap. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see, like, a brand new, like, I mean, I know Dart's still here, but I'd like to see. And it looks like he's going to be rolling them out with, you know, when you see the solicitations, but a whole bunch of new cast and villains. That's true. We probably will see a string of new villains over the next couple issues. I'd like to see new villains. I'd like to see new kind of supporting good guys. 
Right. Oh, yeah, I think that'd that's be kind exciting. Of you know, I mean, what is he going to do with uh, Thunderhead? Um, I mean, his supporting cast is currently Thunderhead and Maxine. <laughs> Thunderhead, Maxine. Uh, there's the child's version of Vicious Circle. I mean, there's Brenda Funk as Slag. There's this mysterious guy under the mountain. There's, it's that's already true. starting to get there. So yeah, that's true. I'm excited. I think it's cool. I, I really think, uh, and I'll tell you too. I just want to say, it's fantastic. I, I really hope he sticks to his guns. Honestly, I felt like the book was given to Malcolm, then handed back to his dad. Right. Yeah. And, Almost like know, Eric kind of, wasn't too sure. Yeah, it was like a false handoff. But I realized too that pro. I mean, you know, realistically, this book is you know a financial thing as well. It's not just a labor of love. I realized, too, that for a lot of people, you know, it might have been done in reaction. It was a pretty negative reaction, really, initially. Yeah. And pe- people weren't too happy with the idea of, you know, Malcolm taking over the book. But, I mean, hell, we've had a lot of time to get used to the character. I really hope that everybody can get on board with it because this sort of thing was actually, like, happening with DC for a minute before right. they lost their stones and brought everyone back. Oh yeah, they were doing yeah, they had like third generation legacy heroes that were actually kicking ass and then yeah. eh, put the brakes on that. We were doing something interesting. Kyle was taken over as Green Lantern. There Wally was West. The, Yeah. And, and and then there's somebody hit the nostalgia button and brought back Hal and all those dudes and <laughs> Jeff Jones. <laughs> was that who did it, Dan? Uh, it was bizarre. Actually when he came in, when he got made his big splash at DC, he was all about the JSA and like doing the next generation of the Golden Age and doing all that crap. And then he brought back Hal Jordan. And then it was just a domino effect of reverting back to the Silver Age. Yeah. And it's not good. I mean this book's always been about moving forward. The false handoff didn't really bother me before, but if it false hands off again, I'm not going to be too satisfied because I want to see this book continue to do what it always does, which is do what everybody else isn't. Yeah. So other comics aren't really progressing things because of the illusion of change, but Savage Dragon's always been about real change. So I just kind of want to see things push on with Malcolm. You know, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So we should go over the backup real quick. Bagoom. <laughs> I thought this was a really cute little backup. I don't know anything about the creator, but I love the art. Simon, oh, yeah. he's a he's a long time fin fanatic like fan that's on I believe on the boards and stuff like that. Um, I've seen some of his deviant art stuff. I believe I know I believe he's posted stuff before on uh, the forums. But uh, is this the first time we learn that uh, Mr. Glum's homeworld is called Gloom? I thought so. No, we what? always like just kind of called it Glum World or something like that. Yeah. Gloom. Yeah, it makes nothing but sense. So it basically kind of fills in the story between when Glum went out, went to Earth, and when Dark Dragon found uh, Gloom. Gloom. Um, which it's a quick little story, but it's it's done pretty well. The art kind of fits. You know, the, the, the art style kind of is pretty fitting for the tale, I thought. Oh, yeah. I love the use of watercolor and rough panels. Like, the panels are, like, marker in some places and other places. Like, they don't even, you know, it's hand lettering. Yeah. It's just awesome. <laughs> Which, you know, it goes well with the character because we've seen 
you know, Eric Han letter, a lot of glum, uh, glum stuff before. But um, it's really cool. It's it's like it's cute. It's cool. It's kind of freaky. That that last page where Dark Dragon appears looks really neat. That's all. It's great. He's gonna eat you. <laughs> yeah. Well, this other color, all the other pages only really had a red and black like scheme. So it's cool that the only other color introduced in this tale was once Dark Dragon comes in. There's that green. Yeah. So yeah. it's great. It's it's a good little backup. Also, I don't think that we'd previously seen the way Glum's inhabitants thought of him either, had we? No, right. I think we've only ever seen him dead. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of cool in that way to show how they felt about you know. It was pretty much what you'd think. Fearful, respectful, but they didn't really love him, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a good backup. I didn't see it coming. There was no word, no preview, no nothing. So that's kind of neat. I like that. I like not knowing and just finding out. Um, But uh, good job. Uh, Props to Simon for uh, a great backup. Yeah, fantastic work. So shall we gaze into the future? Let's do, do it. it, Raven. <laughs> 193, a new beginning. It's the ultimate jump-on point for new readers and a bold new beginning for Malcolm as he takes over the title role from his famous father. Malcolm Dragon's not your typical teenager. He lives in an apartment by himself in downtown Chicago. He's a junior, just transferred to a new high school, and he's trying his best to fill the shoes of his father, the Savage Dragon, fighting the forces of evil in the Windy City. New dangers, new adventures, tune in! That's how I read it. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. (laughs) Usually you go for, like, the dramatic movie trailer. This time you went for, like, the WB sitcom, uh... (laughs) Slide whistle! (laughs) (laughs) He's got all kinds of crazy neighbors that drive him insane. <laughs> now, it's exciting. I feel like, uh, you know, I've done the bold new direction. and We'll probably bring that back just this one time. I felt like the solicitation sort of reminded it's a, it's a whole new series, you know? <laughs> I'm really I'm really hoping uh, next episode we can get, or the episode after that, get Eric on the horn and oh, yeah. really talked to him about this new direction. He got a lot of questions. I think it would be good to pick his brain about the whole uh, negate versus this power, you know, him turning to normal and the differences of why negates didn't, you know, change his physique or anything like that. Maybe maybe he doesn't want to let us in on that yet or maybe he's got a perfectly valid reason why it's like that and he wants to share right. it. I don't know. But it would be interesting to talk to him about. We haven't talked to him in a while. I don't remember which episode number we last talked to him. So. It was a while ago. Yeah, I know we've been kind of saving up our... Uh, you know, we don't ask him too our, often. Yeah, I mean, don't get sick of us. Yeah, so I, I think next episode is as important episode as ever. Also, you know, it would be interesting to find out you know, why in issue 192 is all this happening instead of like an anniversary issue. You know what I mean? Like, what? So what? what is issue... Uh, 200 gonna bring you know if if all this is going down now what what could uh what could possibly go down in 200 the vague versus malcolm (laughs) hey you know that would be pretty sweet what were you gonna say raven the 
No, I was going to say is the vague answer previously was uh, it's so exciting, I just can't wait. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, you know, I think there's something else up his sleeves. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, it'll be interesting, though. I mean, Eric always keeps it interesting, and I'm really, you know, wondering, you know, issue 200 is less than a year away. Um, how is that, you know, besides the story, what is he going to do? You know, is he, is he going to make it, I'm sure he's going to make it like a double sized issue or something like that. And, you know, is he going to bring other creators in the fold or what's going to go on? It will, uh, it'll be neat. Yeah. If you remember issue 100, my God, like talk about a high bar. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Kind of, it would be terrible to have looming over you. Yeah. Yeah. As a creator. Right. <laughs> totally, totally. So I uh, just want to uh, just remind people if you want to uh, write in and suggest something or ask us a question or uh, answer our trivia, you can reach us at savagefincast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. It always makes for an interesting uh, conversation. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was a good episode. Uh, I had fun talking about it with you guys as always. Yeah, awesome issue, and uh, always good to chat it up, and cannot wait for the next one. I'm with you there. Yep. So shout out. Yeah, let's <laughs> sign out. Thanks for <laughs> listening, everyone. We'll uh, we'll catch you in a, in another month. Till next time. See you later. The Savage Vidcast is hosted by the Gutter Trash Podcast Network, which can be found at guttertrash.net. The Savage Fincast is proud to be members of the Comic Addiction Family of Podcasts and the Comics Podcast Network, which can be found at comicaddiction.net and comicspodcast.com.